0: All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to the third episode of our Tip It Out Golf podcast. I'm joined here today by Mac Belovich. What's up, Mac? I'm good. How are we doing tonight? Good, brother. Good, brother. And also, Ben Foltz. Ben Foltz, how are you doing?
1: Fantastic. How are you?
0: Good. Hopefully good. still good. I'm doing just <laughs> as good as when Mac asked me the question. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, your host here this evening uh Evan Ferrara um we're joining you guys live from the very back tee box uh, at TPC Sawgrass uh getting ready to kick off our birdie and bogey segment that we try to do each week and definitely a player's heavy focus for for everybody uh today I'll kick it off with my birdie of the week we'll kick it off on the light note Scotty Scheffler dominating wonderful dominating that dude is on fire um He's I I have him as my birdie of the week. I just want to list you guys some stats real quick. So in twenty twenty three, here are his past like eight starts. At the Hero World Challenge, second, mm-hmm. tournament Champions seventh, American Express, eleventh, wins the Waste Management Waste Management Phoenix, T twelve at the Genesis, four, fourth at Arnold Palmer, first at the Players. Huh. This dude's highest finish in twenty twenty three is twelfth. Just absurd, absurd golf, absurd consistency. Do we have you a new buoy?
1: Do we have a new buoy? <laughs> we 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 might have a new buoy. Honestly, I mean he's back to world number one too, so yeah. it's feeling pretty good.
2: I'm I'm loving this three way race. Rory, you know, yeah. maybe not Rory, but definitely two way race at the top for world number one. It's making for a really yeah. interesting. No, I mean, they're, they're just
0: like what ramen what we're seeing from ramen Scheffler is just. Their dominance above even other great players, like it's just they're they're a step above everybody else, and it's it's really Mm -hmm. crazy to watch. And Scotty, holy shit, is he good?
1: They're playing out of their mind. It's unbelievable to watch him play this consistent, good golf. You know, and it's across the board too. It doesn't matter if you play him at TPC Sawgrass or you know,
0: yeah, um, it's so wild that you can play Riviera no matter where. It's so wild that you can play. He can play that consistent, and his feet move. 12 inches every time he freaking swings. I mean, I move yeah. the
2: same 12 inches every time I guess. <laughs> it's, I unbelievable. guess so. <laughs>
0: it's unbelievable. I guess so. Um, yeah. So just kicking it off. Hell of a win, Scotty. My other birdie was, I don't know if you guys saw Terrell Hatton's shot on 18. Did anyone, did anyone see that second yeah. shot he hit? Louis drive right, which is the logical thing to do on 18 mm-hmm. at Sawgrass. And mm-hmm. then hit this like punch, draw, cut. I don't know what the hell it was through all of the trees. Hit it to like 10 feet made the putt for birdie. It was it was awesome.
1: Yeah. And that was, I'll add on top of that, that was for a tie for the course record on the back nine, 29. 29 yeah. First one it too. Yeah. So for making that putt was huge. Not only that, the approach shot was, you know, majority of that battle because getting it there is half. You Did you know? see him smile?
0: Oh. They like zoomed it. I've never seen the dude smile. Like he's always pissed off on the golf course. And he like <laughs> looks at his guy and he's like,
1: Damn, actually that's that's they, funny they, you they, mentioned I, that too because they interviewed him after the round and they showed him that clip and he was like oh you gotta clip that because that's like one of the only times i've ever smiled on the golf course yeah
2: and on top <laughs> like, me, of it like me? and on top of that 18 like they were saying on the broadcast and it was very apparent was 18 was a par hole that just plain and simple that back pin was yeah. impossible to get to especially with that win which is great like crazy yeah
0: yeah so I'll wrap it up here with my bogey, and then I'll, I'll pass it over to you guys. But a uh, couple, uh, couple balls in the water on 17 on Sunday, and, they, and this was the biggest purse of all time, P.J. Purse, and those water balls cost everybody a little bit of money. So I wanted to zero in it specifically on Aaron Rye. My man was set to make – if he makes par, he made a six on uh, a triple bogey on 17. He makes par there, hits the green two putts. He walks away with a million dollars for a T fifth finish at, mi- at minus nine. But with that, with that triple, he walks away with two hundred seventy five thousand. That's like a 700000 dollars water ball. Water I'm ball. Sure he's gonna be uh thinking about yeah, that. For don't forget five.
2: to add the four dollars for the pro v. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 700000 dollars and four dollars is what he wants. To
1: <laughs> <play>. <laughs> That's unbelievable.
0: So yeah, what, so a, big, what a big what a big what a big time. To you, Ben. Let's uh let's hear your birdies and bogeys.
1: All right. sure. Um, I'll I'll get it started with my birdie as well. I thought this was really funny. Um, I was watching every moment of the players. Um, I've been big into watching golf this year, so I noticed this really funny moment with um hopefully I don't botch his first name. I think it's Emilio Grillo. Is that what it is? Emiliano. Emiliano. Yeah, Emiliano. Emiliano, right. Emiliano. But either way, he um on 17 he had a really funny moment here where like he hits this putt. It was uh, I think it was on Thursday. So it was in that front uh, front pin location, kind of on the, on the side of the Hill. And he hits this like big sloping putt and it's hanging on the edge. Like I'm telling you just a little bit of wind in that, that ball would have fallen in, but you know, within the PGA tour, there's this rule where once you get to the ball, you have 10 seconds and then you have to tap it in. So he's like, wandering around is playing a pony he's like talking to his buddies talking to the caddies like trying not to walk up to the ball so it's like they broadcasted the whole thing of him just yeah he's like wandering around the hole he's like checking out stuff he's like looking at his past line like i can't i can't believe i didn't make that you know <laughs> just, yeah. and he burns like burns like five minutes just wandering around the Did green go 17. no it never went in it never went in. he had to walk up and tap it in um it would have been hilarious if it did drop. That would have been amazing. That would have been a true eagle play right there, even. But I thought that was absolutely hilarious because I've actually seen a couple guys in the tour do that, where they, you know, balls hanging on the edge, and they just, they, you know, they kind of, they kind of fuck off and they just do whatever they want for like five I know, minutes. I know some, who was it. It was
2: it. Um, oh, who was? I think it was like Sun Kang or something like that at uh, uh, Harbor Town. Or it might have been Cebu Cebu Kim, but uh it was at harbor town it was like on the first hole or whatever and he did that and he got the penalty assessed to him like the stroke really and it still dropped and it dropped, went, and it dropped. It waited <laughs>
0: for so long that like oh, yeah. they penalized him but it dropped so it was just like it, was, like, it he would have tapped it in pretty much
1: yeah oh wow that's unbelievable so I guess gorilla should have been a little bit careful then in that case because yeah, be he was he was on the clock but either way watching the watching a pJ tour The guy just like in the middle of his round, just not really care, just wander around the the green was hilarious. So I thought that was a big-time pretty play. It was really funny to watch too. Um, So my bogey play actually goes hand-in-hand with Farrar, so that's nice that you uh, you chose me next to go because Taylor Montgomery was in a similar situation where he was, let me think, he was seven under. So he was, what, tied for 16th or something and hit two balls in the water on 17 and dropped all the way down to three under, and now he's like, what? you know 36th or something like that yeah. um yeah. so another terrible water scenario
0: but also did he fuck did he, up the hole before didn't he fuck up 16 too
1: yeah so that's what i was getting to is he has a string of three holes here where he goes bogey on 15 which is understandable but a bogey on 15 and then a double on 16 and then falls it up with a quad on seventeen.
0: Which is you call that,
1: that's a brutal way to finish
0: your, you your call Sunday that a round. That's so man. That's shooting yourself in, in your own way with your own gun. <laughs> shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot, the shooting covers. yourself. <laughs>
1: shoot yourself directly in the nuts. That was horrible. <laughs> um and then I kind of had like a little side bogey, which was last week my bogey play or in prediction or whatever was that you know John Rom's at the top, but how long can he maintain it? Um, so granted he did get sick this week but it was a withdrawal from a, a pretty big tournament so you know and the, he was also fighting to keep his his number one spot Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. so just a little side bogey of like you know it kind of sucks that he had to drop out of the tournament you know I was I was said last week that I'm bearish on John rom i I think I'm
0: I'm still bearish on John rom so yeah. let's, definitely let's a situation happens. to monitor definitely a situation so, yeah. to monitor. Yeah. Hopefully he's, I, hopefully, I will hopefully be John rom. Rahm- if he's listening, which I know he is, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: I hope he's doing well. But at the same time, it's like you know, once you're at the top, there's only one one place to go. So you
2: can only have so much new perspective. So uh-huh.
1: it's true. Yeah. Well, had- and also, also, everybody loves him, so he needs one person to play devil's advocate. So
2: yeah, there you go. Anonymous yeah. is always a bad thing. I feel those shoes, especially your prediction. <laughs>
1: He can still right. kick my ass at golf, though.
2: So, <laughs> all right, I'll round us out here with the birdies and bogeys. Um, go for it. My my birdie of the week, Hoji Sam Hoagie Sandwich. Absolute, just domination on the weekend. Out of nowhere, yeah. birdies seventeen to make the cut at plus two, then proceeds to shoot a course record or ties the record sixty two on Saturday. I think, was, I think that's his. Course it was the I new was, course, course yeah. record sixty two. I, he made, t- I think he, he made 11 foot record. eagle putt on nine because they were 10 T uh one in 10 start to mm-hmm. finish his round to break the course record and going from barely making the cut, basically missing the cut, making zero dollars to finishing in the top five, I believe. Um, and making 1.4 million dollars almost
1: yeah, 1.5. Jesus. I mean, talk about a rally, folks. Like it's, that is case in point rally. You know, I don't even think I love
2: yeah. I love when that happens. We've had it's it's very rare for somebody to barely make the cut and also win the tournament. Yeah. It's only probably happened a handful of times. And that would have been awesome to see. I was rooting so hard for him all week for all weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't know if you guys saw there was a video of Colt Nost who had a 63, and I think he was he had a, a share of the course record. There was a couple other sixty-threes. And he's watching the putt. And he's like, "Don't make it. Don't make it." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> he makes Don't it." Make it. We'll, have to, we'll have to make sure we retweet that on our uh, Twitter page. But I love those, that. Really yeah. Absolutely, of the man.
2: Yeah, yeah. Check it out at Tip it Old Golf on Twitter. We'll uh, we'll have the video retweeted there. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no 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 infringement rights. PJ Tour has a heavy ban hammer. <laughs> we can come um, three weeks then, into
1: our podcast creation.
2: <laughs> and then my. Uh, I have a little bit of a dark horse horse bogey. And it's the fringe around the greens kind of by the water this week. The players, TPC Sawgrass usually always has that course in good condition, you know, very punishable. But there were a lot of balls this week that should have gone in the water that did not go in the water. They got hung up pretty heavy in some of that fringe. And, I mean, I get it. Like like Max Homa hit – what a shot. That's a birdie in itself. Of on hole 12, mm-hmm. 305 yard ripper off the flag stick. Smacks yeah. the flag stick. Yeah. In the air, right? Or maybe or one
0: bounce, but he hit the flag guy. Yeah. Basically
2: went in the hole. Yeah. um, And it ricocheted so hard, but stayed out of the water. Yeah. I mean, that any other year that would have gone in the water. And then like mm-hmm. Scotty on hole um, 13, I want to say, or or four or something like that oh uh, yeah when it trickled yeah it was trickling down yeah, yeah. It, it was trickling down and it got hung up and a lot of players too were kind of in that spot yeah mm-hmm. so, did not really quick that.
1: that's a uh, really quick i'll interject and say that i was watching it like pretty pretty close and uh whenever they zoomed in on the greens i was like taking a look and i was like you know we we went there for Um, for those who don't know we've we've been to the players a couple times like you can see the course conditions up close and it looks absolutely pristine when they zoomed into some of those greens like it didn't look up to par it looked a little bit beat up you know and I mean a couple of players even had putts from off the green that were bouncing and you know they couldn't control all the you know little humps and dips that are that are in some of those putts. so I wonder what happened that year I actually did a little bit of research but I couldn't find anything so I don't know if that was because a, a
2: little bit of a little bit of rain on Friday might've done yeah, kind of cool. the, the cosmetics, but mm-hmm. I think they're also trying to dry them out a little bit too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Green, so yeah interesting. Least, you mentioned that though. Cause I was, yeah. I was thinking the same thing,
2: mm-hmm. but the rough, a rough everywhere else was gnarly. And I was, I
0: was, you know, I was there for it. Um, yeah, that really was really punishable. Um, five
1: inches, five
0: inch rough. That's unbelievable. Insane. You probably have a good grasp of how, how long five inches is too. <laughs>
1: That should have been that should have been my birdie play that one that <laughs> one coming in
0: hot tonight yeah, in hot. <laughs> this dude's got, he's feeling he's, he's feeling locked good. and loaded <laughs>
1: uh he's in a goofy mood that's that's a good that's a good place to be it's a goofy mood when you're talking about I golf mean, i love it
2: and then i guess not necessarily my bogey but this kind of leads us into our next topic of the players um min Woo Lee um i mean what happened Rip. if i'm around i my, my, Rip. i my thought is he came out with this defensive strategy maybe not with off the tee he i mean he was ripping that on that 200 all week so that's it's not there but like it just he only hit two drivers he didn't hit them all that well um he wasn't really as aggressive as he was in the first three rounds and especially which and that especially caused problems because what he usually what he would argue is like his the best part of his game the wedges just wasn't there today no, like he wasn't. hit one in mm-hmm. the water on four from like 88 yards, and um, on uh, two, like he had a, another wedge from like 100 yards that was like 40 feet, which is, I mean, fine, but you know, if that's your best part of the game, especially at the top level yeah. playing at the top of your game, that should be you know within 20 feet from 100 yards, I would argue.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that he was it looked like he was playing very defensive, like he was. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know how many wins he has on a PJ tour, so if he's won before.
2: That I might be wrong. He has zero, this,
0: but, on the PJ. Okay, tour. that's what I.
2: That's what I thought. Does but but he I didn't get win?
0: Like game. what? Do you win the Scottish Open last year? Or did, um, does he have an international win? He has. Yeah, I
2: think he has a couple international
0: wins. Right. Oh, he's
1: got. A, he's, he's won a couple probably. times in the DV World Tour, but not yeah, okay. never on the PGA Tour. I don't think. Yeah. Either way, though, it you could tell, like it looked like he was in that situation for the first time. You know, like he was trying to play. You know, here's a good example: Scotty Scheffler on seventeen. You know, hits it middle of the green, good shot, but like if it cut a little bit, it would have been five feet, right? It looked Mm -hmm. like Min Woo on his rounds was trying to do that, but he wasn't doing it very well. And that's like never a good combo when you're playing golf because, you know, like you said, Matt, if you have 79 yards in, you're going to be expecting that to be within five feet. You know, I mean, these guys are so good that they're, they're going to hit it close most of the time. But he was playing the defensive golf and then not capitalizing on his good defensive golf play. Yes, that's You cannot, you cannot, you can't do that. You're just going to, you're going to fall just, behind. So put all the
0: pressure onto his wedges and he, by playing defensive, like on nine, he mm-hmm. could have hit like a high cut three wood into the green, but he chose to lay up to a wedge number. It doesn't get up and down for birdie and Just when you play defensive, and that's not usually maybe your strategy, then like all the pressure then just is all on your wedges, and obviously you didn't Mm -hmm. have it. So he did
2: not stick to his guns to what got him to that situation. He he played defensive and he held on for the ride, and his grip strength just wasn't enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. I will. I I do like want to comment on his golf swing because it is freaking awesome. Um, He's got
1: a great great maximizing
0: power out of like your body like that dude has mm-hmm. it's crazy ball speed i watched him hit a three wood 182 ball speed and that's like my best ever with a driver and he's hitting that and he's reaching that with his three wood i mean it's
2: he's, he hit his two iron like 300 a couple times
0: yeah i mean it's for it's certain. love his golf swing uh, love his game hopefully we see him again uh in contention. really quick I mean, just
1: really really quick so sorry but for some context here minwoo lee is he's six foot uh, he's six, just six foot, and he's 165 pounds, and he's able to get that, which is around my my height ish and weight. He's a little bit bigger than me, but either way, you know, I'm getting like 165, you know, um, yeah, sure. max, and that's like that's like swinging out of my shoes. So this guy, this is smack not drop. only, yeah, this smack exactly. everybody is
2: it's like 1.6. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like breaking the scale. It doesn't make any yeah. sense how he's getting all this power. Yeah, it's wild, and he's not built either. Like he's not. You know, he doesn't look like he's, you know, like he's not like Rory, like he's not yeah. you know, huge. Yep. But, you know, he's still ripping at 180, 182 ball speed. It's crazy. It's absurd. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, um, so
1: really quick, something else I wanted to talk about here uh, to keep this this wonderful players talk going. Um, Max Homa played very, very well. Max Homa's round uh, was was going really, really strong today. Um, what at one point he was 10 under, and then unfortunately going hand-in-hand with with Farrar and his bogey place, dunked it in the water on 17 and ended with a, with a double there. But I will say, you know, if I didn't have a, a good birdie that I noticed on Thursday, I probably would have picked to be a bit bullish on Max Homa. I love this guy. He's really fun to watch. Talk about tempo, too. He's got a great tempo. It stays exactly the same on every single shot no matter what club he's got in his hand, it's crazy, really fun, uh, fun golf to watch there. So just, also, uh, just very want to interject. And... Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm taking notes I've already got the shoes, you know, I'm taking <laughs> notes now. So he's got the players. <laughs> I'm learning lessons.
2: Hey, even after the round today, he, he, he still made his birdie fans <laughs> asking, F fan asked him what uh, his best pick, you know, what's your best pickup line? He goes, I don't need one big dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love it was that it was that in a post round interview
2: it was that you know where they have all the kids get autographs signed a kid asked them, yeah like in the line that's like great. hey what's the
1: best pickup line and he goes i don't need one
2: he's like yeah man i got married with a kid i don't need a pickup line <laughs> i'm all set
0: he's great and then I and then
2: them. literally right after that some dude's like no don't sign my flag sign my forehead so he <laughs> some, some old dude's forehead just make just to add the cherry on top that's the one
0: where you like you look at the mom and dad and just like you could like the, get like they get the nod, and then you and then you sign the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, are you sure you want me to do this? They're yeah. like, yeah, and whatever then,
2: he oh, wants. Okay. On top of on top of funny events, I just literally right before we started, I saw that I finally found the video with Keith Mitchell, um, oh. on on I think it was hole two, or whatever, where he hits hits his tee shot, and as soon as he hits his tee shot, makes a massive divot, slams the driver into the ground, creates this huge crater. And then, while the ball's in the air, the the suspended play horn sounds.
0: <laughs> and then, not not long after, ball just goes straight into the water. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and then he goes does it carry And the cat? He's like, "No, dude, it did not carry." You just have to walk off. And then he and then you just have to walk off
0: the course after that. I guess, right?
1: That's hilarious. Oh my god! What day was that? Was that on Thursday or something? Uh, or, Friday, 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 or
0: Friday or whatever day that like they got cut. I think it was Friday. Yeah, they finished that yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. I didn't see that either. That's really
2: funny. It's a series of misfortun- misfortunate events.
0: Yep. It's yeah. good to see a little fire in the guys. You know, like yeah. they care too. Like the mm-hmm. like the force in which he slammed his driver was pretty.
2: The, club head speed must have been at least over a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <Hopefully> <laughs> I want to get the trackman on
1: that. Let's get some. Let's get some data on that club slam right there. Yeah. I think
2: that could have been, been pretty good. <laughs> Efficient use of the body, just like Minwuli. Yeah. Yeah
1: talk about power transfer the smash really factor club slam who is, has
0: who has the fastest 4, club head speed on a on a club throw or a club slant like who who's got the who's got <laughs> Rory, the
2: Rory at the rail at the Cadillac, WGC Cadillac on hole 8 Yeah where he – we the 3 iron Tomahawk in the pond yeah Tom the broadcast design. was was going through a swing like
0: that was you know that was a great weight shift right there Yeah, yeah, yeah. The form he really <laughs> tucks the elbow in and turns the hips and gets really uh, uh-huh
1: like full like smash factor 1.45 perfect yeah absolutely perfect somebody else another year I, I wish i knew who but um throws a club on the PJ tour at, right after like the trackman picks it up and then the trackman picks up him throwing his club like i don't remember who it is but it's hilarious yeah. absolutely hilarious there's so many good moments like that too where somebody shanks the shot a little bit and it's just it, the trackman is just like a tiny little line that just goes into the woman's yeah. tee you know 100 100 feet in front of them <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> They're human too.
2: They're human. You gotta
1: remind yourself.
0: Uh, what so, else we got? Um, I I think like although the scores were low, it was cool to see the wind blow at the players. Um mm-hmm. dust in the 20 mile an hour range. Definitely caused some drama on 17, which was fun. Um I think really uh, that was
1: that was this was a good combo. Getting the you know 16 17 18 finish at Sawgrass plus pretty much what the worst conditions we've seen this
0: year yet um like the, that was like a, the that high, was maybe like highest high. like steady winds yeah maybe
1: yeah, yeah high steady winds a little bit of rain you know like something something to give
0: the players something to
1: think about you know yeah like i, I think
0: uh, it's not easy playing with that much wind like there your your game has mm-hmm. to change you you have to like you have to adjust to the conditions and you have to hit some different shots when, when the wind starts to blow like that. So, um, Mac, why don't you, uh, why don't you kick us off here with, uh, with our little wind segment and maybe take me through like, what's, what's the wind doing to the golf ball? Like what, what's, what's Mm -hmm. the root cause of of having to change your, your game around the wind? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think, um, no matter when you play even if it's zero mile per zero you know no win on any given day you're still going to get a little bit mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely one of the biggest factors when it comes to playing golf and i think it's definitely something really something to really nail down because it, it can shave strokes very quickly if you just have a little bit of understanding of what the wind does and how it affects your ball and like you said um a few things like I have, a little, I have a few notes basically um about the, just the different just some general ideas about the wind, um, and into the wind, um, I think is probably one of the hardest ones to deal with because yeah. you don't get For the ball sure. you don't get to hit the ball as far and that's no fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but why <laughs> does the ball not go very far when you're into the wind? One because it's blowing something backwards. That's the end of it. End of the day, but physics. <laughs> is it basic science, science. It's, 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 we're in physics 101 right now guys um <laughs> welcome welcome to class uh, take me to school
1: mac take me to school
2: but basically um also some other end of the wind things is it makes your misses bigger it makes the ball spin more so if you do hit a fade it's gonna fade more because the wind's pushing it and it's yep. it's gonna kind of go that way farther same with the draw obviously um but yeah. also, it causes... I don't know if it necessarily causes the ball to backspin more, but it causes your ball to balloon. So, it, meaning it'll get higher, it, it'll be on the right trajectory, and then it'll spin up,
0: and then yeah. fall. And it all has to do with spin, Mac. You're 100% yeah, right. It like, is. Okay, so backspin. Is, into the wind is just going to amplify whatever spin you have on the ball. So, if you naturally have put cut spin on the ball, the spin is going to increase, and it, more, there's going to be more cut spin, so it's going to cut more. Same thing with draw. And just, just naturally, with with your spin's gonna increase, so the ball does float and rise when it when it when it spins a lot like that. So, yep. good point.
1: And that's um that's not only into the headwind too, right? Like I think even if it's you know coming off of your you know your your left side a little bit, it's still gonna amplify the spin and yeah. take it farther in, in one direction. It might even pull it, push it farther in the direction if you you know kind of match the the wind in in its its own direction. Yes,
2: and also um and like yeah like you said so like the side breeze. Is, in in my opinion, even hard is in my opinion harder. Um, maybe not necessarily for the majority of golfers, but for me, especially when the wind, when you have a side breeze and it's at your back, when you're addressing the golf ball, you know, it's it. it you feel, for me personally, I feel like I can't get the club head through. So, mm-hmm. and so I'll end up hitting a cut when it's for me left-handed or right-to-left wind. Right. And and that just means the ball is just gonna go off the planet left. Right so Mm -hmm. it's so when i'm hitting a cut that is with the wind it's going to go the ball will go farther but it'll also move farther in the in in the side direction
0: Yeah.
2: um but if i was to hit like a draw into draw into the wind into a side breeze so it's going the 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 shot shape is going against the wind it's actually going to take distance off and it's not going to cut as much so which is actually a really good shot to have, and it was very—it was visible today on a couple holes on I think like fourteen, um, and maybe a few others. I think definitely fourteen, but they were holding. Yeah. You notice I, the announcers were saying they were holding their shot. They're hold holding mm-hmm. the cut into the wind. I think it was on oh, on seventeen too. Yep. Like mm-hmm. um, Hide, or Hideki hit that hybrid that flew the green, and that was my bogey play. You know, got caught up in the rough. Um, mm-hmm. Should not have. Um, but he held sure. that cut. He held a cut into the wind. So it stayed straight, but it, um, it didn't go as far.
0: Yeah. It took some distance. Mm-hmm. Off it, but yeah, exactly. that's, but right. he nuked he it. so It went
2: 20 yards over the pin. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he just caught it too well. And then I guess the last one of kind of what does the wind do? The ball is downwind. And then this one's always fun. I, I'm sure everybody's heard the phrase tee it high, let it fly. And that is because Mm -hmm. the ball falls out of the air faster when you're downwind. So you Mm -hmm. want the idea is to get more loft on it, get it higher, launching higher so that it rides that wind more versus Mm -hmm. just falls out of the air because it'll take spin off. So it won't kind of cut or draw as much, but it will cause it to dive a little bit.
1: For sure. Right. So if you don't, if you're not focused on your altitude, then with a, with a wind, with some wind behind you, the ball is gonna just fall out of the sky. Like if you hit a nice, like you know, punch shot or something, that ball is gonna just nail the ground and then run a bunch. But if you kind of launch it up into the air, it's gonna take the wind for as long as it possibly can and then fall out of the sky. So you're right. gonna maximize your distance. I like um, that. Which, I like so that. you'll actually,
2: in some cases, like when you're downwind, if you don't get it up mm-hmm. in the air, your club will actually go shorter than
0: mm-hmm. than uh, yeah. what it usually does. But yeah, let me. Uh, That's. I think- uh, I really want to drink I really want to dig into the into the wind shot because I think that's for most golfers a very uncomfortable shot and it's a very hard shot to execute and um I don't know who wants to take this but I guess my question is like when you're when you are playing like a one club wind into your face what do you do what do you do different it's a par three
2: mm-hmm.
0: let's say seven iron it's a 165 yard hole, and let's say you hit your seven iron 165 yards, one mop, uh, one club wind into your face. How do you play that shot?
1: Let me, I'll, I mean, I could take this if you want. I'm, this is a this is a fun shot, especially for for me. I've got some older equipment, so it's it's a little bit extra spinny. Um, you know, I probably get somewhere like 400 extra, you know, on the number side uh, of spin. So I you know the spin is through the roof for me. So the, the end of the wind shot is a lot, you know, a lot more challenging for, for a golfer like me is you got some older equipment, but when, what I focus on is I think step one is commit to a shot. Um, if you're, if you're straight into the wind, you can't be out here guessing of like, okay, well maybe I'll hit a cut into this pin or maybe I'll hit a high draw or, you know, maybe I'll try to hit it low a little bit. You got to pick a shot and commit to it because the problem, as we just talked about with you know, hitting a shot straight into the wind is if you don't know what the ball is going to do, it's going to be amplified by 10. So if you're not, if you're hitting a a high fade or you want to hit a high fade and you don't, that draw is going to be gone left. Like it's going to be so far left. And if you're aligned for a fade and you end up hitting a little bit of a draw, you're, you could kiss that ball goodbye. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's step one for me is my pre-shot routine is really commit to a shot, pick the shot that I want and commit to it. And then, on top of that, now that I have my shot, I can take into account how much the wind is going to affect my ball. right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a bit of my second step. Uh, it's blended into one, which is, you know, then what, what's the height on the shot that I want? What kind of shot am I trying to hit into the green? You know, how much green do I have to work with? Um, you know, how far do I need to carry it in order to get it there? If I have a ton of green to work with and I'm OK with a little bit of ball rolling out when it lands, you know, Maybe I'll try to hit a low, a low draw into the pin uh, if I if the hole suits it, if the shot suits it. Um, but if I have to, you know, there's it's like 17 at, at Sawgrass where the pin's tucked right behind that pop bunker. You know, I might have to hit a cut in there, but the wind's straight into my face, so I'm gonna try to first commit to that shot. Then second, I will know that that's what I'm gonna do and aim a little bit farther left because I need, to, I need to kind of compensate for, for what the wind is going to do. Yeah, yeah um, you're ultimately so, aiming
2: at the middle of the green on the, in that scenario. Right. Because if you mm-hmm. overcut it, then you're still on the green and you got an easy birdie putt. But right. if you just hit the shot you intend to hit, you're safe in the middle of the green, get your putt par, get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. On, yep. Right,
1: and that, that all comes from just knowing what shot you want to hit. Um, yeah. It seems simple. I mean, every single shot, you're going to want to know what you want to do. Um, with no wind – or wind, it doesn't matter. But I think with wind, it's amplified by 10. You yeah. have to really understand what you want from the shot and then go get it uh, because the and wind not to, will, and will, not be will disappointed, call you out.
2: <laughs> and not be disappointed if you don't execute the shot mm-hmm. that you want it to because it yeah. happens to the best of them. We've yeah. seen that. Mm-hmm. They had eight balls in the water on 17 today.
0: It's yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think – let me let me take what you're saying further because I, I love I love the kind of – like. Your first two steps that you do, yeah. the like that's that that's key. So like one, what kind of shot am I going to play? Two, mm-hmm. um, you know, like how much is the wind going to affect my ball? And, and then like from mm-hmm. there, I can pick out where I'm going to aim. So that that's mm-hmm. key. I also I kind of want to dive a little bit more into the how much the wind takes off of of the ball. So mm-hmm. let's go with our uh, back to like a, a real course example. It's a par three. One club win in your face. I usually hit a seven iron. Like if, if, if there was no wind, I would hit a seven iron and that would be pin high. So one mm-hmm. club wind in our face, that means to get the ball to the hole, I'd have to hit a six iron perfectly, right? I have to hit a full six mm-hmm. iron perfectly. And that would fly, you know, with the wind to the hole. Mm-hmm. When I, th- when I play in these windy conditions, I always two club up. If it's a one club wind, I still two club up. So I would hit five iron in this situation and I would hit a smooth, like three quarter swing, five iron, that's only going to go as far as maybe by a full six iron would go. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, by hitting that like controlled three quarter swing, five iron, it doesn't spin a lot. So it like the, it negates a lot of the negative effects of, of the wind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of the green two putting. So right. Um, really quick. I think That's, that's me, key though. Oh yeah, go
2: ahead, taking, back. taking the spin off, adding, taking loft off your clubs going from a, a seven iron to a five iron taking loft yep. off your club also takes off spin it does so wedges have about 9,000 rpms of spin you yep. know ideally drivers have 2,000 rpms that's you know that's a 7,000 RPM difference so yep. taking loft mm-hmm. off takes off less you know takes off spin and therefore penetrates the wind a little bit better yep. so and like that's what you said so And then even swinging softer takes off even more spin. So the more spin you can take off, the wind's gonna hold the ball up and get it to stop, regardless of what club you're hitting. Yeah, so I'm not
0: worried about like my five iron releasing through the green. Even like when in a normal situation, maybe it would, but with that, yeah, with the wind in my face, it's still gonna stop it up, and I'm Mm -hmm. still gonna be middle of the green.
2: Um, And we're not playing rock hard greens like PJ. We're
0: we're we're, we're up here in uh, Michigan and Ohio. They usually are pretty soft. Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. and I mean most most any. Course you play is going to be soft. Yeah. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I uh, I have a follow up question for Ferrara to continue the discussion. So, I like that strategy. I'm actually going to apply that this season. I like that a lot. Um, I've never thought about going up even more clubs and just taking off some distance. That's a great play. But what I've always struggled with here too, and this is part of why the wind has been a real challenge for me in my game, especially. How how do you pick? that one club wind? How are you aware that it's a one club yeah. wind? How do you know when it's a two club wind and you should go up to three clubs? You know what that's, I mean? That's, that's always is, been- That's
0: a great, that's a great that's question. always man. been a
1: really hard, a really hard, you know, uh, yeah. just problem for me to solve. It's it's hard and to I don't identify think, when I need all
0: that club. I wish I could be like, oh, when it's, yeah, this, right. when it's going this hard in my my, beard is is waving in the wind this much like, <laughs> this <laughs> club, but that's like that's not the case it's a fuel thing you gotta you gotta get the reps in with the wind yeah, um mm-hmm. i if think experience but i also i also think that you figure it out through the round so like maybe you, you got to use your best judgment if it's into the wind you're like i, I think it's a one club wind and then you you got to like keep mental notes and like almost like data on what what happened when you hit that when you like here's what i thought i did here's what i executed here's where the ball ended up okay, maybe it's playing mm-hmm. a little bit more than a, a one-club mid-wind. Maybe it's one and a half. Maybe it's two clubs. So I think good players will get better as the day goes on and the wind is, like, staying the same because mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. they will pick oh, up yeah. and they'll like, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. adjust based on how the wind affected them on previous holes. So mm-hmm. I think that's I the best advice. I'm a grass thrower. I, yeah. I, I love the old, you know, throw some, gra- some grass clippings up and get, and mm-hmm. get the gauge. I'm yeah, always how, looking at – do,
2: How does everybody read the wind? Yeah, what's, yeah. So you
0: you got grass clipping. Got grass, yeah. What's what's another way?
2: Uh, my favorite. Actually, I've started this in the past couple of years. As you know, weather dependent. Um, I like to look at the clouds because I think mm-hmm. the clouds unaffected by any trees or any mountains, especially where we are. Um, it just shows you the general direction. And then if there's no clouds, flags if you can find them or tops of trees. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. is the best way.
1: That's a uh, yeah. I'm uh. First off, good advice there. For that makes sense. That it's all feel based. Um, It's it's all. I'm a a big I'm a big grass thrower here too. uh, But I do think that I have kind of a fun way of identifying the wind every once in a while. Um, It it, if the wind is really blowing and it's you know maybe swirling or something like that. um, What's beautiful about trees is they're everywhere. So you can look at a tree and right and on the right side of the the, you know, let's say I'm just teeing off at a par four or something like that. And I'm surrounded by trees. What's interesting is trees have, you know, they obviously live in, in three space, which is, which is duh. but they have the top of the tree, which is going to be waving a little bit stronger than the bottom of the tree. So, you know, let's say you're in a corridor type hole. Um, you can get a lot of data from, from one tree. You can see yeah. where the wind is, at you know, the, the baseline, like in the ground or what, what's the wind doing at the top. But the other thing that's great about it, too, is there's trees. On, uh, ideally, there's trees on either side. So if you're kind of feeling like the wind is swirling or it's moving, you know, one way on on, your, on the right of the hole and it's moving you know, one way on the, on the left, look at the trees on either side of the hole and you can kind of build a mental map for where the wind is going. Yeah. You know, the trees on this side, you know, none of the leaves are shiny on this tree. So the wind is clearly blowing straight into my face. But on this side of the hole, I can see all the leaves on this on this side and they're really shiny, which means the wind is blowing away from me. So I kind of do that every once in a while. Maybe it's, I do think I overthink the wind a little bit at some times um, because I do that, but uh, those are, I, I think that's a really fun way of doing it. And it also yeah. tells you a lot. And once you get it down, you're going to get a lot of information from the trees. Yeah. And it, uh, just just better I think help you make,
0: the tree around you. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think you make a good point mm-hmm. though. Like you can overanalyze the wind and what, what you have to do kind of goes back to your first point, Ben, is you have to commit to a mm-hmm. shot and you have to commit to a number and it's just got to be your best judgment. And then, Mm-hmm. Like if you think it's a one club win, then play to one club win. And if it's and if the ball, if you execute that shot and the ball doesn't go where you want to, well, then you're like, okay, well, I was mm-hmm. committed to a shot and I played that, and now I know it's not a one club win. It's a little less or it's a little more, whatever it is. But right. committing to that, yeah, shot, yeah. Do you give you know, you got to use your best judgment with the with yeah. the data you have available to you, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you you're not
2: allowed is. to bring a a, a win <laughs> stick out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all these calculations down on your book, right? Yeah. Um, oh, it's exactly think,
1: two mile an hour
2: wind. <laughs> <laughs> think, so two, two more points. I would like to add. Um, one is also, I think we, we mentioned this too, is the course map. If you, it, most scorecards have a course map on mm-hmm. the back of a scorecard or somewhere, they have a yardage book with a course map, something like that. If you have that information, write down the dominant direction of the wind on the scorecard. Yeah. So over all the holes, know, over
0: yeah, all the holes in the hole. So you know, but. when you step up to
2: yeah. a hole, Oh, it's blowing, you know, you know it's going left to right downwind on this hole or it's into off the right like you know predominant direction of the wind but also like you mentioned the shoot too and this is especially when you play kind of in the Midwest or in the northeast where there's a lot of trees you get into these situations where you, you're tree lined fairway or something and it blocks the wind so you can't mm-hmm. tell where the wind is and also this creates a situation where you know, it, it helps to look at the top of the trees because that's where the wind is predominantly blowing. It's not creating any different directions based on the trees. Mm-hmm. And also what it does, what happens with these trees too, is it, um, it it's supposed to win. So it'll be swirling down below you. So mm-hmm. it may, the ball may be pushed one direction, but once it gets above the tree line, it could go yeah. the opposite direction. Yeah. 100%. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely yeah. to keep, keep in mind kind of where you are in in relations to trees, tall objects, hills, anything like that, because they could definitely affect it. Like we have, we have one it. hole at my home course. It's a par three, and there's this and it's surrounded by trees. The kind of the the general course knowledge is you look at the giant flag flagpole, a big American flag by the clubhouse that you can kind of see from the back tee box. Now, there's this giant corridor of a stream with trees on either side, so it creates this huge uh like
1: wind tunnel channel mm-hmm. wind
2: tunnel channel of wind across the hole so even mm-hmm. if the even if you're downwind it's still gonna get pushed one way or the other because of this giant channel so you just have to know mm-hmm. stuff like that and you have to recognize it when you're playing Yep. um and i think that's really important when trying to read the wind because it's not always just one direction
0: mm-hmm. no i think yeah and i'll uh Really I'll oh, read it before before I get to you. Yeah, Sorry, I, I, I was. You're fine. Understand.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna echo a point as well. So go ahead. Well, course
0: maps, Like what a what an awesome piece of advice. And like if anyone, mm-hmm. if we can, if you guys can take one point away from this podcast, I think that's a really really awesome idea. Almost every scorecard has a course map, and just drawing the predominant direction of wind on there and referring back to that as you get to each hole um, is 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 really 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 an awesome uh, little hack. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna re bring up my my tree reading technique there uh, for Max, you know, kind of wind tunnel hole design. Um, it definitely matters what hole you're on and what what type of um, you know where the wind is going and all this. But in order to get a better idea of you know kind of that swirling wind near the ground on uh, some of those kind of wind tunnel esque holes, that's where the trees for me really come into play. And I just wanted to show that that's a perfect example of when you could use that, that strategy Um, that it is like the ideal time, especially if it's one of your first holes and you haven't had a lot of, you know, experience with the wind yet in that round, you know, take a look at the trees around you, see what's going on. Um, That also goes back to the point for why I love golf. You're one, you're one with nature when you're out there, but um, it is true that, you know, look around you, use your surroundings to kind of help you out. And there's a lot of data there that, you can gather and, and use to hit a better shot.
2: Yeah. and I'm gonna throw up one more hype. I'm gonna throw up one more hypothetical. Run out a li- Run out of time a little bit. But I definitely love this one. It's it's uh it's it's like a Plato thought thought mm.
0: experiment. Mm. Oh, I like it. Right? Hit, me. hit me.
2: We got a. Hu- you have a hundred yard wedge shot.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Straight up, hundred yards, no elevation change. But I love this number. You're downwind.
0: Mm. What do you do? Can I can I ask one extra question? Where's yeah, the pin? Absolutely. Where's the pin? Front, middle, back. Uh, middle pin. Middle yeah. pin.
2: Okay. Equal distance to the back and to the front from
0: the pin. I think you got to go off of Ben's uh, kind of three-step process here. It's like one: what shot am I trying to hit? What am I? What number am I committing to first? What would you so do? Let's just, just say run through it. Run let's through let's it in your game. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run we're gonna commit to ninety yards. Let's just say. Um, I also know that downwind. The ball might release a little bit more when it lands on the green, a little less spin on it. So I might take that into effect too, and I might be like, okay, I'm not trying to land this ball at 90 because that'll leave me pin high. I might like try to mm-hmm. land this one towards the front of the green, so that might be like an 85 number. Um, and then I would, I would commit to an 85 number, uh, commit to where I want to land that on the green, and how the wind's going to affect my ball, like Ben said, step two, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and whack away, man. I probably make birdie. That's a good. That's a good play. I'm, I'm in. A, I'm in a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'm in a little bit of a different scenario because a hundred is kind of um like three fourths of a fifty-six for me. So you know my fifty-six goes one twenty. So it's it's kind of like a, you know, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Massive, massive fifty six. <laughs> but um, so I would say, I mean, those those are some important questions. Like you gotta know, you gotta know what you're gonna do, but what what type of shot do you want? All those those same those same rules. But what what comes into play for me there i think is the is the is that second step of like what type of shot am i trying to hit with where the wind is going because the other thing is too my wedges are incredibly spinny if not more spinny than every other club in my bag so the wind is going to really affect my ball and it you know everybody knows if you hit a wedge a million times it's impossible to hit it low you know you can try but you're not really hitting it that low yeah um so with the wind behind me um, like if it's directly behind me, I'm playing, you know, 80 yard shot mostly, but also that goes in hand in hand with a little bit of my feel, I naturally will hit a little bit farther because of the wind. Um, so I'm going to think to myself, I'm hitting an 80 yard shot yeah. um, and just try to, and just try to smooth one in there. But, you know, if the wind is coming off of either one of my shoulders and it's kind of swirling a little bit, or if it's, it's got one clear direction straight, you know, right to left or left to right then my, my thought process changes drastically. Cause now I have to really take into account what the wind is going to do to the ball when it's in the air. Um, and if I'm not careful, you know, basically what I'm saying is if the wind is coming off of some, some direction, my first thought is not the distance. Um, uh, my first thought is what is the ball going to do when it gets into the air? Cause you know, it's very easy for me to lose a wedge way out to the right. Um, if the wind is, you know, left to right. So, um, it, the question does change that second that second step in that process does change a little bit depending on on how confident i'm feeling over top of the ball situational you know and, what distance i have and everything so i would say that
2: confidence so. also i mean that just translates across the whole game too is like how confident mm-hmm. am i feeling that day what shots can i produce consistently that's what right. i'm gonna go with
1: so. yeah that's that's a good point too yeah i mean there's so many things to think about, but you're right. There's too many variables you know. in golf, man. <laughs> all right, I'm done. The for that. I'm done. Podcast is <laughs> over. <laughs> I, right. I mean, could if, if if you've been, you know, fanning your wedges out to the right all day, you know, then you might think about hitting some some different type of shot in there. Yeah. So, um, or you might, you know, just ease off a little a little bit, you know, go up a club and just hit hit that one. 80. 80 yards if it's a more confident club so it's yeah, uh, good to think about but the key is to is to consolidate all that information
2: properly i actually have yeah, kind but, of a, a against the grain i'm um, every time we talk about something i always feel like i'm going against the grain um <laughs> it's good we need a devil's advocate yeah there, there we go we need different viewpoints that's what this is all about having three people yeah um but a hundred yard shot down the downwind i actually like to hit it lower um I know I said hit it higher because the ball won't go as far, but I like to hit it lower, and when you're within that distance, it doesn't really matter that much. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason I actually like to hit it lower is because the wind does not affect it as much, And especially like into the wind too. I like to hit low penetrating wedges. You'll get a little bit more spin sometimes, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get a little bit more nippers, so I don't have to take as much of the wind into account. I can be a little bit more precise, I feel like. So like 100 yards downwind, I may play it, 80 uh, or 90 yards land at 95 cause I'm hitting it lower. It's going to hit land, jump once and stop. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of like, like the, yeah. the
0: there. variable. Like, just you minimize the wind variable by hitting Exactly. It lower. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it and will, it's and kind, of, that, kind of
0: counterintuitive downwind, but it makes sense.
2: And, th- mm-hmm. and that's true about most golf too, is you want, and like literally, like we just said, there's too many variables in golf. You, mm-hmm. the goal in golf is to eliminate as many variables as you can. For and sure. that's why everybody yes. works on their swing so much is, you know, mm-hmm. not, you want that to be one constant variable, but eliminate as many variables as you can to shoot the best score possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I will it. also say, clip it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I will also say that uh, the hitting like a lower shot is really nice for consistency on wedges too. So that's a good combo. You know, Mac, you're you're traditionally very yippy. Um, so you probably actually oh, naturally... you
2: don't throw my dirty laundry out there full time.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. i Yeah, I'll, I'll be open. I'm terrible with my iron. So I gotta, I gotta get you where you, where you're at, <laughs> but I will say like, you, if, find me in the fairway, you know, you probably naturally probably naturally gravitated toward a lower shot just because it's way more consistent. It's easier to hit, you know, it takes the wind variables out of play um, and it'll, it'll one two and spin and just stop right next to the hole, which you are pretty good at. So, There you go. I'll hype you up at the end there. I appreciate it. (laughs) It always comes full circle. Come on.
2: (laughs) We (laughs) all love. We all. We all love at at the tips.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's all love. It's all love at the back. It's It's a little bit of harsh love, but it's it's all love in the end. Mm
2: -hmm. It's a. It's all to get better. All to find that that perfect golf game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any uh? Any closing thoughts? On the Uh, when it's when it's
1: when it's breezy, swing easy, baby. (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> my JV coach used to tell me that Coach Ted, he was like eighty five. Mm-hmm. He'd be yeah. like, "Hey, when it's breezy, swing easy." I'm like, "All right, no, nah, I'm gonna swing as hard as I can." Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, it never, it never worked. It never <laughs> worked. It never <laughs> helped me. Not once did like, it ever help.
0: That doesn't know anything.
2: <laughs> <No>, I'm <laughs> swinging out of my shoes, baby. Three twenty. If only I could, only I could go back you? to my fifth uh, my fifteen year old self. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> well, but uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, enjoyed the enjoyed chatting with you guys. Thanks for listening into the Always. third episode of tip it out. Uh mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at tip it out golf. <laughs> like, comment, <Yeah>. subscribe. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Download the podcast. Drop, it, drop us yeah, drop us a comment. Let us know uh hey, how many times it said like or um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh actually, you know, uh shoot us a tweet on um at Twitter. Um we I would love to hear how you guys love uh play shots into the win, how you like to decide mm-hmm. what kind of win, like, you know. The more the merrier, because I think we just want to be a you know well uh, well of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. For any golfer trying to get better.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool if we were able to start a little thread and get some get some replies and get some some other input on it. I mean, that'd be sweet. I'm I'm curious to see what other people do too. I know what works for me, but you know what works for one is might not work for many. So I'm curious to see what other people have to say. That'd be sweet.
2: And I'd like to add one more thing, actually, real quick. Uh, Valspar next week. Love the Copperhead course fun little snake pit and mm-hmm. i was taking a little sneak peek a little preview at the uh field
0: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of big names jordan justin um oh sweet a few others yeah a few others uh but also keep an eye out ludwig Aberg, big uh number one is back cole hammers yeah. in the field um mm. a few uh Pearson cooties back
0: so young guys a lot guns. of
2: yeah, a lot of young guns young guys. guys who are going to be shaking up uh shaking up the PJ tour in the coming years. I so so uh, so we think. So, mm-hmm. definitely a tournament to watch just because it doesn't have to bit all the big names. It's definitely still a lot of good players and it'll be a, a really good watch.
1: That's awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening everybody. Yeah, cheers guys. Yeah, cheers.